Welcome to Sales Cultures Redefined, where we transform people with purpose, income, and a better life. Here's your host, CEO of Sales Managed Solutions, Lance Cooper. Hey, everybody. I'm glad you're with me. I'm, I've got Courtney Basil from uh, North Carolina, Hickory, North Carolina, actually from Tennessee. She's a Tennessee girl, like I'm a Tennessee guy. And she lived in Marstown, Tennessee and worked for Rusty Wallace years ago a car dealership and the uh, telemarketing part of that. She can tell you more about that in a moment. She currently uh, is the manager and coach of several salespeople for two stores out of 42 stores in a huge uh, cellular market in North Carolina. And usually her team is in the top three. And that uh, that's why I wanted to talk with her, because I know she's had a big growing experience over the years uh, that she actually became a leader and then took over a team. And then actually now has taken on uh, more reps than she had before and greater responsibility. So, Courtney, I'm, I'm glad you're here and appreciate the time that you're giving to this. And I think I want to just start back and. How did you find your way into sales at all? What was what was the genesis of your life before Rusty Wallace? I guess I guess it was Rusty Wallace Honda. Uh, is that uh, just it was actually uh, Rusty Wallace Cadillac GMC Kia? Oh, okay, okay. So, how did you find your way there? And then, particularly, how did you find your way to what you were doing for them before we ever get to where you are now? Yeah, so I pretty much, and thanks for having me today, Lance. Um, I grew up in a single um, single parent household. My mom raised me and my sister. Um, I've always been like an introverted person, but my mom, she's the biggest influence in my life, a positive influence. She has always been like a, just a, a go-getter. No, you know, like, you know, regardless of the circumstances or the, you know, hurdles that we had in our life, um, she would always work in the sales industry. And it intrigued me because we never, you know, wanted for anything growing up, just having her as our, you know, our main provider. So I saw that growing up that, you know, we had everything we wanted from the nice school clothes, getting our hair done, house over our head, good meals to eat, go to McDonald's occasionally. Um, she was able to put, you know, pretty much a, just make a good life for my sister and I by actually being in the sales industry. So I think that's where I get that from because really I'm not the type of person to really, I would say, work in customer service. Um, like the real me, if you peel back my layers, the real me, I'm very introverted. So, but I've learned to kind of be a chameleon and do the things that pushes me out of my comfort zone. So that way I know I can um, grow and make the money that I want to make to sustain the lifestyle that my mom gave to us. I just walked into Rusty Wallace one day and I was like, Hey, you know, I don't have sales experience, but um, I'm looking for a job. And I mean, they hired me on the spot. And from there I was like, okay, I can do this, you know, um, just put on the good face and they gave me the tools and I just implemented. And from there, I just, I fell in love with the sales industry. Did you actually sell vehicles? I did not. So I worked in the business development department, but it's really, it's where you're selling over the phone. So I okay. had to kind of learn script reading and learn how to pivot whenever they had objections and stuff like that. But I would get commission if I was able to get them into the location to at least look at this and look at the car and I'll get more commission if they actually bought the car. 
So I was just behind the scenes, but I wasn't showing the vehicle. I talked about the vehicle and I try to sell it over the phone. So did you end up actually leading that group there? So no, because um, when I met my husband, that's how I ended up in North Carolina. I ended up leaving that position after a year. Um, but I, I led in sales, but I didn't lead as far as getting promoted. I see. I see. And then you came to North Carolina. Did you find your current situation with cellular sales immediately? It wasn't immediate. immediately. Um, my husband still makes fun of me, but I wanted to be a waitress so bad. Really? I to try waitressing. <laughs> Don't know why. Again, I like to do things out of my comfort zone because I know otherwise I won't. I would be a rock hiding somewhere. So I was like, I want to try waitressing. I just want to do it. All my peers done it during high school. And, you know, here I am, this 20 year old girl. So I did waitressing first and it was the worst decision of my life. (laughs) Three months later, luckily um, I saw sailor sales uh, posting a job and I applied. So pretty much after moving, I was working about five months after moving from Tennessee, I was working for sailor sales. Okay. And then that was like seven years ago. And so you're, you're in a retail center selling wireless devices. You've never done that before. Matter of fact, you've never sold directly to the consumer before in your life. Is that correct? That's correct. And so how did it go the first three or four months for you as a sales rep? It was a lot. I I was very um, nervous all the time. Um, I'm a heavy sweater. So (laughs) I can't hide it. You would see the armpit sweat. Um, I remember interviewing with Nathan. I, my chair was drenched. Like it, it was just very intense, but it, I got over that. Like I just learned to, you know, maybe do my affirmations in the morning and just breathe and just practice on just being calm because at the end of the day, you know, they're there for service and I'm just here to help. So I don't know why I get all in my head like I do, but unfortunately that's just one of my flaws. Um, but it was rough, but I, I've, I've, I've surpassed that level of where I'm afraid to kind of communicate face to face with the customer. So did, did you sell well right off the bat or did that take a while? It took a little bit, um, but I would say that within a year's time, like I took off. I remember uh, Robbie King, he's a great leader in our industry. He would uh, send out like uh, daily reports about the state and it would always, you know, say, Courtney, you know, top this or Courtney made $600 today. So when I started getting that recognition, I was like, oh, wow, I can really do this. So it took a little bit while to get my footing. But after that, I'd say I took off after about six months to a year. So when we think back on your background, your life, there's really uh, maybe there is and you've not told me, but there's not an occasion where you actually led people. Is that right? So when I worked at the telemarketing company, um, which was before the Rusty Wallace BDC position, I was a sales manager, but I was managing people telemarketing over the phone. Okay. And so how many people did you manage there? Um, It would kind of range between 15 and 20 people. Okay. And so you must have been a a pretty good rep there to get considered for that position. Absolutely. And I think it's it's my work ethic um, initially as to why I always, you know, maybe succeed and get a promotion because I kind of I'm one of those people. I just put my head down and you give me the task and I'm going to do it. Um, but I do it, you know, with a smile on my face and I do it to my best of my, my ability as well. So I don't ever really seek out leadership. It just kind of finds me. 
because mm. I'm doing my job. Well, from listening to you talk about your mother, I think he probably gained some idea of work effort and and work ethic and conscientiousness and being motivated as she was to help the family that you took on a lot of those characteristics. Is, is that fair? Absolutely. Okay. That's absolutely. Yep. I give all the credit to my mom. Okay. All right. So here you are at sell your sales and how long before somebody notices that you've got this conscientiousness factor that may be a little bit different than the other reps and they're going to consider you for leadership. So I think it was about two and a half, three years in, um, I was, I was working in a store in Statesville in, in my same district. And, you know, again, I was just, I took pride in my job. I came to work, I punched in, punched out. I took care of my customers, no complaints from my customers, um, high sales volume. And I get a phone call, um, from Nathan, you know, pretty much saying, Hey, you know, I got this opportunity coming up and I just, you were actually brought in to a conversation with me and the current store lead that you would be a good fit to take his place. No, you asked Nathan. I said, no, no, sir. Really? no. I said, Nathan, I'm not looking for leadership. You know, I love what I do, but no, this is not what I want to do. So <laughs> it was funny. He kind of, I wouldn't say he threatened me, but he was like, okay, well, if you can't do it, I'll just find somebody else that can. And that kind of festered in me when he said that. I was like, hmm, are you saying I can't do it? So I went home and talked to my husband. And he also motivated me to, you know, take a leap of faith, step out of my comfort zone and just try it out. Worse come to worse, I can go back to my sales position if it doesn't work out. So, and so you, went, yeah. you went back to Nathan. You said yes. Eventually, I said yes. And, and here we are. <laughs> so, okay, here you are. You said yes. And it's the first day on the job and you've got X number of people now looking at you and you used to be one of them. You used to be a rep on the floor, right? At, in a retail center, selling as much stuff as you could to customers that you would try to keep who would buy from you again. But these reps look at you and they have not seen you as a leader and you take over. What kind of uh, struggles or barriers or, I mean, was it perfect right from the beginning? You just did great. Um, or was there some learning for you? So that, um, that stage in my life at first, it was very, very tough. So I took this leap of faith. And when I first get there, it was very hard, Lance. It, I'm not going to lie. Um, matter of fact, I thought originally that I was going to fail and that it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't work. Cause when I got over there, what I had to deal with, as you said, was the, my peers who now see me as, Oh, this girl coming in trying to tell us what to do. It didn't work out. Originally I had a lot of turnover, um, a lot of pushback. Um, and it was literally just from the change of me coming into that store and being the new leader. So that was very hard on me, but I definitely, you know, I got through it, obviously. Um, kind of what I said, what I did in the beginning, I put my head down when I got there and I just went to work and eventually started to try to make friendships with the people around me. Um, and doing it that way and just being in the trenches is where it kind of took off. But I just had a good six months to a year to where it was a struggle to get people to, you know, bought into me, to buy into, I'm just here, you know, 
to elevate you guys, just to, to coach you up. I, I'm not here to boss you around. I'm here to just to lead by example and, and to show you what makes me successful. So after that and the turnover and the, the leader that I took his position, he left and I finally had just my own space to create my own culture. Things finally turned around eventually, but it was very tough at the beginning. When you look back on that, is there anything you would do different? Um, anything I would do different? No, probably not. I, I would say no, because all that I went through, I think, built the more character in me to fight and to create the culture that I knew this team and that store deserved. So, no, I don't think I would. No. Okay. So, so the barriers that you face were just the change and people wanting to quit. I mean, did you face a lack of respect? Did you? Absolutely. You you did? I don't know if that's from, you know, me being a woman, you know, I don't know, but this is kind of a more male dominated industry. Um, But yeah, there was, there was pushback and there was no women in the store. So yeah, it was just pushback from the men or the boys. And, (laughs) um, and then also too, it's just the culture wasn't a culture of winning like the, you know, I love the guy that I replaced. Um, he was a great person, but he was about his sales and not about the team. So it was already just a, a dog eat dog type atmosphere anyway. When I okay, got there. So it was a dog eat dog atmosphere. You, it was hard for you. Did you have to face anybody off and actually have a one-on-one conversation with somebody? Absolutely. It was tough. And, you know, to be honest, I leaned on Nathan a lot um, because I didn't really know when, what to say, or if I was in the wrong because it was too soon, or did I earn that respect yet? Um, so yes, those face-to-face conversations originally were very hard for the people that were giving pushback because I didn't really know how to handle that. Yeah. Well, you said the word culture twice. And mm-hmm. so there were some parts of the culture that weren't good. And I think you, you said, um, the guy that was there before was mostly about his own sales. So did you try to tell them where you were going to take them to or what you wanted changed? Or did you just have that all in your mind and you worked very hard to make the culture move to this new culture? And and by the way, what was the new culture you were wanting? There's a big number of questions here, but. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, basically, as far as the the culture I can honestly say when I first started, I don't think I verbally said to the team, you know, what my plans were and that maybe that's what I should change. Going back to the previous question, maybe I should have maybe verbalized more what my vision was and why and why I'm here and that they are in a safe place. I should have probably said that more. Um, but again, and not trying to, um, I guess, point fingers and there's no finger pointing, but I, I was new at that. So I didn't know what I was doing at the same, at the same time. Um, But as far as the the culture, um, eventually once I started gaining confidence in my position, I started actually talking more about what I wanted and what I thought would be best for the store and for the team and how we could work collectively together to get there as a team. And that's why the people that I have with me now, you know, they were with me also four or five years ago. So there is no more turnover. 
because we have communication. It's, it's just an open street to where we can all verbalize to each other. So if something's wrong and they have, you know, an issue, they know they can come to me. It's always a safe place. Um, but also they know we're about business. This is a business. So yeah, let's, you know, be friends, but what's the task at hand? What are we here to do? Um, so when people saw my vision and understood that I'm not here to play games either, but I, I love you after I earned the respect, then that's when the culture flourished um, because there was expectations. Was there a particular point or somebody you won over or something that you did that was a turning point for the whole thing? I wouldn't say like one particular thing, but I think once I got kind of the poison seeds out, the turnover that happened originally, um, and I could work with the people that um, were kind of new to the scene and develop them, that was probably the turning point, just getting the, the bad apples out and starting fresh. Describe the culture that you have now and, and what you wanted to build. And I, and I assume that you have the culture that you want now. Absolutely. So, I mean, when I think of culture, again, I, I think of the business side, but also the personal side. And when I say that, I want a place, which are, I've developed this and my team has helped me, obviously, but a place where you can have fun, but also where you can make a good lifestyle for yourself. And so that's what I envisioned. And that's what we are doing. And I love hearing my reps say, I love coming to work. I love like, Hey, I'll take your shift. Sure. Like this is not a, like, this is the best job I've ever had. I hear those statements all the time throughout, you know, every year. And it just, it makes me feel good because again, it's not about me. It's the team. We came together collectively and we put our minds together and we decided to, to be great. We want to win. And at the same time, we have customers to take care of too. And we realize that these customers write our paychecks. So the better we take care of them, the better our lives are going to be. So that's the culture. It's let's have fun, but let's work. Let, let's do what we're here to do. Do you drive people with the numbers? Do you um, push them and, all, and, and always show where they are? And that's the way you motivate or what would you say your style is? I mean, I'm very, I'm, it's a mixture. Um, you know, every single month, um, I dedicate the first seven days of the month to meet with every single rep. Really? One on one. Yes, sir. One on one. Um, you know, and again, that's another time to where it's a safe space, just us to let me know what's going on with you personally. And also on the business side of things, I want to know how's your life because I care, like we're family. Um, but I also want to know, how are you doing at work and where can I help you get better? Where are you struggling? Um, so that happens every single month um, just automatically and people look forward to it. I, I have one girl that gets upset if I don't have her scheduled towards the beginning because she wants to get it done now. She wants to talk to me. Let's set these goals. So um, but it's I love the fact that the people are literally waiting for these meetings because it, it helps them every single time. Wow. So the first seven days you meet with everybody and and it's just not a business discussion. It's also a discussion, more of a holistic discussions about about them as a person and also about how they're doing at work. Absolutely. And I do that because I know that's what I would want. I know that I if I come into a meeting and you don't check on me and my just my well-being in general, 
then I feel like we don't really have a relationship and you're just, you just want my numbers. So it's a family culture. It's a, and that, that's, that's what I wanted. And that's what we do. We take care of each other. Can you trust them to work hard when you're not around? Absolutely. So I have a success story with that question in mind. Um, so I went to the beach this past October, well, this past September that just passed and Nobody knew when the iPhone launch was going to happen, but something told me in my gut, watch it be on my vacation. Just watch. <laughs> and of course, my vacation hits. They make the announcement of the day they're going to do the, the, the pre-orders. And of course, it's on my vacation. So long story short, thank goodness I have a company laptop. Uh, thank you, Don and Scott. Um, I was able to do my pre-orders there. But however, I was gone for 10 days, Lance. And within that 10 days, Hickory literally did over 300 pre-orders without me being there. Wow. And when I tell you, like, I was so impressed. Now, we did gear up for that. We we started talking about iPhone launch six months before it started. So, but the fact that I could be gone and my story still commit to coming in the morning at, you know, 8 a.m. to put those orders in and do 300 on the day, I couldn't have been more proud. With my absence, I was gone. I was at the it seems like you've created a lot of mini me's, <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know, I think you would do that if you're, if your boss left, you just work very hard as if they were still there. So right. your people are doing that and are performing while you're gone. That is a, that's a real testament to um, developing a culture that sustains itself. Uh, if, if I asked your people, what's, what's fun about coming to work? I mean, you know, obviously sales is numbers and goals. And and I know in those first seven days of the month, you're focused all on the numbers and the goals as a part of the sales part of it. But you said they have, they would say they have fun at work. They enjoy coming to work. Why do they? Again, it's, it's on the family aspect of things. Like, you know, we're that dysfunctional family that we cut up when it's time to cut up. We have our little, our debates, but then we know to come back and we center ourselves and we get back to the, to the forefront of what we're here to do. So I, I think it's fun because um, it's, it's, a, it's a, and again, it's a space to where they are allowed to express themselves and be free, but also have expectations of still doing your job. So I don't micromanage, you know, I don't, you know, pound them on the head and, you know, maybe motivate them in a negative way. Like, you know, you're not doing this. I, I, I want to say more so like, you know, hey, what can we do to improve this? Or, hey, come listen to this pitch. Or there's a lot of team selling and like just the environment is just, it's infectious. Like we're just all so helpful and care about each other. So yeah, I love it. Yeah, And that's what I'm trying to do for Conover. You know, I'm, I'm new to the Conover location, so it's going to take some time, but that's the goal to just recreate Hickory and Conover. Yeah. That's a new location that you've taken over. If you're going to give some wisdom to us, anybody that, has a new rep, a brand new rep, and you want to get them started the very best way. What, what would you tell a sales leader? I would tell the sales lead, honestly, to train them yourself if you can, because you, everything that you want as the sales coach, you know, you're, you're setting the tone, you're setting the stage. So I think getting the new hire to train with you directly is going to help them fall into the culture better because they already have the understanding from the top of the team to begin with. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah, it does. 
Um, I just got a, a couple more questions. And uh, really, I just want to thank you. Um, you're just as conscientious in this interview as you are on the job trying to help people. So here we are, and it's uh, November, and you've uh, done a great job. You've, you've developed this culture. As you go to work every day, you know, things don't stay the same, right? Things right. can break down. So what do you remind yourself of or what, what do you do every day to keep this culture maintaining this high performance? And also, is it, I got one more. Is it also true that your particular group of people are doing well with business sales? Is that, yes, that, that's, that's correct. That's, that's versus other people, right? So, um, yeah, that takes a little bit more um, maturity and also kind of uh, an aggressiveness that retail type folks who sell to a consumer don't necessarily have. So how did you get that instilled into the culture? And then then you can go back to the first question is how do yeah. you maintain this culture, and make it work for itself? So like you said, you had it right on the spot with your comment on the mini me's Lance, pretty much um, developing people that can at least mimic and do the things that you um, would do if you're there while you're not there. So I have two guys that I'm training underneath my wing per se um, for, you know, doing coaching docs with the sales reps and knowing how to identify in their C-score metrics, what they're struggling with, um, how to um, train the new hire. So I'm doing, I'm training people that already work here to be a future leader. Um, so I think that plays a big part as to why the culture sustains itself because you have up and coming people that want to do what you're doing. Um, on the business side of things, I take pride in that um, because um, I had some hurdles along the way when I first started to where I was told you can't do this. You're not allowed to do this. And it makes me so proud that i proven that I can without the help that I was seeking. <laughs> and my store is constantly top in business sales. But like you said, it takes some maturity. I have a really good mature team. It takes a little bit of, you know, sales swagger. You have to know what you're talking about. You have to be confident. You have to already um, know the consumer side to even talk about business. So um, there's a lot that goes into it, but we know that the business side of things make most of our money, if you if you do it right, um, you have these accounts that have you know more than ten lines. That's where a consumer can just have ten lines. Business can have ten lines plus. So obviously, we want to maximize each sale. So we're bopping every customer. Bopping means business or personal when they come in the door, and we're pivoting people from consumer to business because we know we can sell more handsets that way. So it's 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 wonderful. And again, I. Uh, I'm just that that's my proudest moment is probably the business aspect because I was told I couldn't do it. <laughs> I'm going to make an observation. <laughs> I think underneath this introvert called Courtney Basil, there's a bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> that if somebody says you can't have that <laughs> because you can't do it. <laughs> right. That's not a good thing to tell Courtney. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
because uh, you're going to go do it anyway and, uh, and and do it well and then look back and say, I did it. <laughs> right. uh, I love that. I love that. So as we're finishing the podcast, is there any uh, advice that you'd like to give anybody who leads people? Uh, maybe the number one thing you think is most important in leading people. Let's see. If I had to give any advice at this time, I would probably say, just um, be yourself um, and also be humble. You know, every every time I think about my team, I think of myself as still being their peer because I am. Yes, you know, I have the position to make sure numbers are right and everybody's doing their job, but it's, it's, it's a level playing field. And I think when you put yourself um, on the same level as your team, you're only going to elevate because they're going to be bought in and they're going to see that you do care. And it makes the atmosphere just united to where we're all again here for one goal. So I would just say, be humble um, and be yourself. Don't don't change for anybody. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Well, Courtney, uh, as, um, someone who wasn't sure about doing this interview, you did a great job. Thank you, I Lance. Mean, really good job. And you, because it's who you are, you focus on what somebody asks you to do and you answer every question as best you can. And you're just a real person like you just finished a moment ago saying, hey, just be real, just be authentic. So thank you a, a lot. And I know everybody else who's listening to this will thank you as well. Thank you, Lance. Thank you so much for the time today. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Have a great day. Goodbye. Thank you, Lance. See ya. You have just listened to Sales Cultures Redefined. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play, and we'll see you at the next episode.